Next Chapter Podcasts. Hey, this is Michael Goodfriend, executive producer of In the Cards. I hope you've been enjoying our recommendations so far. Today, I want to share another fun podcast with you. If you love cheesy Christmas rom-coms and have a long drive coming up, then this is for you. It's called Build a Prince, a Royal Christmas Love Story. It follows fiercely independent Princess Adelaide as she discovers she must marry by Christmas to be crowned Queen of Alpinoa. When she finds none of her royal suitors will do, Adelaide creates the perfect prince out of a handsome American commoner, Hayden. What's intended as a formal arrangement turns into something more as Hayden's kindness and charm begin breaking down her walls. But little do they know, not everyone wants Adelaide to be queen, forcing her to fight for her country, open herself up to love, and come to terms with who she's meant to be, all in time for Christmas. Here's episode one of Build a Prince. Enjoy. Build a Prince, a royal Christmas love story. Written by Jenny Malia, story by Jenny Malia and Elena Farinas Phillips. Before we begin, why don't you curl up by the fire with a nice cup of hot cocoa? Or, if you don't have a fireplace, close your eyes and, oh, uh, wait, unless you're driving, and then please don't close your eyes. Anywho, welcome to Alpenoa. Never seen it on Google Maps. Oh, it's a cozy European winter destination tucked away by snow-covered mountains. Think twinkling lights, carolers on every corner. Let's just say the Christmas vibes are immaculate. But... You didn't come here for a geography lesson. No, you came for a royal romance. Unfortunately, this Christmas, the heir to the throne of Alpinoa has found herself in a little... problem. So join me as we head through the palace gates, up the grand staircase and into the private chambers of Her Royal Highness Princess Adelaide of Alpinoa. Good morning, Princess. Meet Lance, Adelaide's personal stylist and loyal bestie. Too early, Lance. It's never too early to be royal and gorgeous. Let's get those girl boss ones out of bed, shall we? He pulls the covers back and Adelaide's dog, Lady Marmalade, hides her nose under the princess. Busy, busy, your highness. Up we go. A whirlwind of staff enter, including Adelaide's private secretary, Blanche. Think... Mrs. Potts vibes, but cuter outfits. All right, Blanche, let's have it. Cabinet meeting at eight, tea with the Swiss ambassador at ten, a call with the president of Belgium at twelve, squeeze in a yoga sesh at one, namaste, gown fittings at two, and tonight state dinner. Fittings? For what? I thought there were no more balls until Christmas. Fittings for fabulosity. Don't ask questions. When have you ever known me not to ask questions? She told me she'd have me beheaded if I said a word. Oh, for the last time, Grandmother can't have you beheaded. Technically, she could. But she won't. Probably. Comforting. Let's skip the games you know you're going to tell me. She wants you to attend more social events with more people. Humans. Men. Potential suitors. Oh, there I said it. I'm so bad. That's absurd. I'm a grown woman and will date whom I please. Date? <laughs> More like set outrageously high expectations only to watch them flounder and fall from grace. What man will ever be good enough for Princess Adelaide? Sir Lancelot, of course. 
Adelaide kisses his cheek. He hands her a toothbrush. Brushy, then kissy. A team fluff, paint, and perfect the princess as she scrolls a personalized styling app, swiping through the enviable contents of her closet. She pulls a cashmere sweater together with tweed trousers and leather loafers. No. She tries a Chanel skirt suit with the same pair of loafers. Lance grabs the phone and trades out the loafers for Le Boutons. Perfect. Perfectly unbearable. You try running a country in four-inch heels. It has a practical platform. I hate you. Mm, you love me. Have you prepared my... Talking points for tonight, yes. And made changes based on your many copious notes. Can't be too careful, Blanche. We're hosting our sister country and any misstep could create... Unnecessary awkwardness. Indeed. Now, this will be your first state dinner without your father. It will be a bit different, but nothing at all to worry about. As queen... I'm not queen yet, Blanche. It's inevitable, my dear. And your responsibilities will only increase, politically and ceremonially. The politics I can handle, the parties, not so much. What could be better than being a princess at a party? <laughs> that evening, the princess finds herself in a dull, repetitive receiving line. Not much of a party. Her grandmother stands beside her. This is Queen Mary, royal AF and not quiet about it. You're slouching, my dear. The Queen of Koselig always has an agenda. Keep your guard up. And the Queen of Alpenoa's sister country makes her entrance. Beatrice of Koselig, too young to be this stale. Princess Adelaide, Queen Beatrice. May I express my deepest sympathy for the loss of your dear father, and such a short time after the loss of your dear mother? Well, he always said he'd go to the ends of the earth for her. Isn't that just a proper love story? Oh, it is, and I'm grateful for your kindness. You didn't quite expect this much responsibility at such a young age, and to do it all without a husband by your side. What good is a husband when you've got a job to do? <laughs> <laughs> She's ready. Of course she is. Behind the scenes in the palace kitchen, caterers, cooks, and serving staff rush about as a shaggy-haired caterer prepares a tray. This is Hayden. Rough around the edges, but with an undeniable magnetism and... Come on, this is a Christmas love story. He's hot. Foie gras is plated. His older sister Eve is cool and confident in the kitchen, but when it comes to geeking out over royal life, Eve is all of us. Where's the onion chutney? The onion whatney? Don't worry, baby bro, you're getting the hang of it, and how cool are we right now cooking in the kitchen of a castle? What? Yeah, cool, but there's a chance uh, a platter of foie gras already went out without the onion stuff. Dude, the goose liver was not my idea, and the chutney makes it edible, but hey, no biggie. On it. No, 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 wait! But he's already ripped off his apron and headed to the ballroom. He scans the room for the rogue foie gras. It's been served to the princess first. Well, that's inconvenient. He smoothly works around mingling royals as he sneaks up behind the princess and reaches cautiously to take her plate. Pardon me. Uh, apologies, ma'am. Uh, your highness, I'll, I'm gonna get you a new plate. What's wrong with this plate? Nothing at all. Just, uh, you know, it doesn't have its garnish. I don't need a garnish. This is fine. Oh, come on. Branch out. It's better with the chutney, I'm, uh, I'm told. 
I'm not sure who decided goose liver is appetizing in any form, but if you insist, please add the chutney. She hands him the plate, and their eyes lock. He does an awkward bow and turns back towards the kitchen. What an odd boy. Indeed. Nailed it! Princess got her chutney. Oh, boy. Did you just... Did he just... Gave the princess the right dish? Yeah. You went in the ballroom, looking like that, and smelling like that, and spoke to the princess like this? Yeah, but she was cool with it. He, he didn't know. It's my fault. I cannot have my staff ignoring royal protocol and orkin chutney like a two-bit onion peddler. Huh? You're fired! Come on, give him another... Ah! Okay, okay, relax, man, but it's, it's not Eve's fault. Don't give her a hard time about it. Hayden grabs his coat and heads for the exit. Later that night, the princess and Blanche make their way back to her chambers. Why do you think Grandmother doesn't trust Queen Beatrice? She doesn't have a dog. What kind of a queen doesn't have a dog? Come on, girl. Just then, a nervous-looking servant, Geoffrey, approaches. Um, um, pardon, your highness? Yes? Your grandmother would like to see you right now. Adelaide and Blanche enter Queen Mary's chambers cautiously. She sips a gin and tonic. Just you. I'll be just outside. Don't panic. And don't break anything. What in the world are you... Grandmother, it's late. Can't this wait until tomorrow? Come. Sit. Jeffrey hands Adelaide a matching gin and tonic. That's all right, Tim. Take it. You'll need it. Grandmother, are you ill? Ill? I'm as strong as a horse and not going anywhere anytime soon. You can count on that. All right. Then what is it? My dear... This is something I was hoping to never have to bring to your attention. We lost your dear father much sooner than we ever expected. And as only child and heir, you are, of course, next in line to the throne. As you know, many of our customs and laws were established long ago, in a different time, when women were regarded in a different light. Oh, we're not having the ladylike talk again, are we? I thought we were well past. You must be married, Adelaide, in order to be crowned queen. Is this some kind of bizarre hazing the future queen joke? Certainly not. So you're telling me now that in order to be crowned queen of this country, I must be... Married, yes. And from what I understand, you haven't even got a bow... So better get right on that. This is ridiculous. What, I'm not capable of running the country unless I have a husband? A husband? I've studied, sacrificed. I have a PhD, for God's sake. What other princess do you know with a PhD? Probably could have used that time traveling and snogging chaps like I did. But what do I know? I've given my whole life to prepare for this role, Grandmother, and now I'm unfit. I didn't write the rules, my dear, but I can say with certainty that you are far from unfit. Consider this, oh, a minor inconvenience. Inconvenience? I don't even know if I ever want to get married, let alone be forced to marry. There's more. Oh, good. Do go on. If the country is without a monarch for three months, 
will be reunited with our sister country, Koslig, under one crown. Whose? Theirs. Annexed? We'll be annexed and lose our autonomy after nearly 300 years of independence. Quite right. Three months. Father died on the 24th of September. That means we run out of time on... Christmas Eve. The next morning, Adelaide walks with Lance and Blanche to a cabinet meeting. Loving the loafers on you today, Princess. Oh, Princess, as per your request, we're starting Yoga Wednesdays in the ballroom for the whole palace staff. I can't wait to get my shavasana on. Isn't that the one where you just lie there like you're dead? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't take it anymore. We must discuss. They stop abruptly when an older house servant, Bernie, passes and bows his head. Morning, Bernie. How's the knee? Oh, uh, just a bit stiff, your highness. Stiff or excruciatingly painful and you're too proud to admit it? Oh, well. Blanche, have Bernie see the palace doctor and ensure he has as much paid leave as needed to rest up. You're too kind, your highness. Blanche and Adelaide enter the cabinet room to find the Prime Minister, a warm hug of a man. Morning, Princess. Prime Minister, everyone. I'd like to start with housing. Rising prices are making it impossible for public service employees to live anywhere near the city centre. All due respect, Your Highness, I wouldn't call that a priority. That's because you live in the city centre. If we reallocate funding from... From where, Your Highness? Tourism is down on the mountain. Koslig is pulling so many travellers over with their newly upgraded ski lifts and hotel makeovers. We should... Spend even more money we don't have? Let's get real, Addy. You must spend money to make money, Reggie. The mountain is our country's primary economic driver, and we can't fall behind. And you want to spend those profits on housing for city employees? They keep our country running. People before profits, always. As cabinet members disperse, Reggie pulls Adelaide aside. Apologies for the pushback, Your Highness. I know you're easing into your role, and I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. Pushback is your job, and no need to handle me with kid gloves, Reggie. I can handle it. Addy. You know, don't you? It's an antiquated law, Your Highness. You're an independent young woman, and it's unreasonable to ask of you. What about my duty? What about your heart? Later, Blanche and Lance lean against the wall outside Adelaide's chambers. It's too quiet. Think she fell asleep? No, she's not a stress sleeper. You're right, she's a stress... stresser. Finally, the doors open. Adelaide stands eerily calm. Come in. As you might imagine, I'm not pleased with this evening's revelation. Why are you standing there like that? Sit. Relax. You're the only two people in the world I can talk to, so please stop acting like I'm a porcelain doll about to shatter. Oh, God, thank you. We thought you might implode. Or explode. Or some other kind of blode. Obviously, I'm not happy, but it's the reality and needs to be dealt with. May I? Go! I think this could be fun. Print shopping. You have your pick of boy toys and have to make a quick decision. It's like an impulse buy at Barney's, but for the good of the country. Yes. Yes, I share that sentiment. I think it's a challenging part of your duty, but might actually be rewarding, like eating kale. No one wants to eat kale, but it makes you feel great. Oh, I like kale. Do you? 
How odd. You're probably not cooking it right. I like to saute mine with Focus, a little... Focus, people! Yes, sorry. Okay, so we need a plan. Ten weeks to Christmas Eve. Blanche and Lance present a large board with pins, pictures and facts about a variety of royal suitors. May I present David Ellington, Duke of Castleborough, 35 years old, likes horses, dislikes popular music. All popular music? I'm sure his taste is just more refined. Adelaide sits beside the Duke of Castleborough as they politely sip soup. Did you know the fastest recorded speed of a horse was 88 kilometers per hour? My Bitsy did nearly 80. Fascinating. Well, the official recorded time was 73, but I think the tracker was off. Ah. Blech. Don't like this tune. Rubbish. Back in Adelaide's chambers, Blanche removes the Duke's photo, moving on to the next. Lord William Hastings of Linderberry, 30, served in the Royal Navy, physical fitness enthusiast. Adelaide dances with Lord Hastings, unusually large and muscular. Well, I'm, I'm not much for dancing. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, more of a, a CrossFit man myself. Well, I didn't realise it was either dancing or weightlifting. I can overhead squat close to 300 pounds. You're less than that, right? Yes. As they move into the next dance formation, he lifts her by the armpits and straight over his head. No, 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 no. Oh, apologies, Your Highness. Prince Shahid Abdullah, 22. 22? He's a child. But apparently very mature for his age and anxious to settle down. I've got 10.2 uh, million followers, uh, which most people think is because of the title, but, like, does William have that many? I'm guessing no. Yeah, content is everything, man. I'm averaging 2% engagement, but can't monetize at scale until I reach 3%. It's a total nightmare. Ah, yes, next to world hunger, that sounds nightmarish. Prince Shahid nods to his entourage. Time to get this party started! Adelaide takes a big sip of her wine. Baron Bentley Shepherd III, 43, previously married but shares a peaceful co-parenting relationship with the mother. His daughter is the Honourable Caitlin Shepherd, age 8. My wife had an affair with my brother. Oh my, that's... I'm so sorry. Well, she has always been a floozy. I should have known. I want my mummy. Well, mummy isn't here, is she? I hate you, I hate you, I hate you! So, you like kids? Um. Eight weeks to Christmas Eve. That's it? No more. I can't take this. Lady Marmalade jumps off the settee and starts sniffing the butt of an oversized decorative nutcracker. Oh, it's so simple for you, isn't it? Just sniff a bum and you found a match. Wait. What? Maybe it is that easy. If you want someone kind, intelligent, interesting, funny, and handsome, let's go sniff him out. What are you talking about? Isn't that what we've been trying to do? 
We've been going about this wrong way, looking to royal suitors, hoping they'd be the kind of man you're looking for. Let's find the kind of man you're looking for and make him a royal suitor. Are you saying we find someone not royal and make them royal? Times have changed, Blanche. He doesn't have to be royal. He just has to be princely. We'll give him the right backstory, training, and style, of course. No, it's impossible. You've seen the makeovers I'm capable of, baby. Nothing is impossible. Make our own prince. We can build a prince. Lance, Blanche, and Adelaide ride in the back of a Rolls Royce, decked out in Christmas sweaters. I'm going to need a shower after this. Relax. You look adorably average. <gasps> how dare you! I love this. Look at how much fun we're having. I know this country is Christmas obsessed, but is the Santa hat really necessary? It's going to give you hat hair. We just have to blend in. I don't want this leaking to the press. The only one that knows anything is the three of us, and we're a vault. Lars, meet us here at noon. Don't talk to anyone. They get out of the rolls in a back alley and sneak up the side until they reach Alpenoa's main street. It's a dazzling Christmas wonderland, a huge sparkling Christmas tree right in the town square. They scurry through town, leaning around corners, eavesdropping and following any reasonably handsome man they see. How can you get any sense of a person just stalking them around town? Oh, that's how I get all my boyfriends. Samesies. I don't get to enjoy all of this enough. I love this country more than anything. I don't want to lose it. Just then, a familiar man's voice is heard behind her. It's at least 20 feet tall. It's covered in hundreds, thousands of ornaments. Red, green, orange, purple, blue. And the lights are twinkling so bright, they light up the whole town. Adelaide turns to see the back of his head standing over an older man in a wheelchair. Is there a star on top? No. No star. Weirdly, it's like some kind of bird. Yeah, it looks like a pink flamingo, actually. Adelaide looks up and sees a beautiful gold star. A flamingo? What kind of Christmas tree? What the heck would a flamingo? I know you kids like to do things your own way, but I never. <laughs> I'm messing with you, Pop. A very funny. Is that any way to treat your old dad? Come on, I gotta keep you on your toes. Make sure you're taking it all in. Uh, I wish you didn't have to look after me like this. A master's degree, such a bright future. My future is just fine. Don't you worry about that. The man pulls his son down and kisses him sweetly on the cheek. As he does this, his face turns towards Adelaide. Lance and Blanche scoot in closer and tip their shades. Kind. Intelligent. Interesting. Funny. Handsome. Goose liver. Say, Say what, what now? now? He was a palace caterer, I think. Yes, but I only saw him the once. How odd. I never noticed him. He must look so different out of uniform. So, hmm, <laughs> well-defined. Stop that. Lance and Blanche tilt their heads, taking in his toned body under a sweater and jeans. Well, it doesn't matter what we think anyway. Right. It matters what you think. Suddenly, a scrappy dog runs across the street, narrowly escaping cars, and runs straight under the Christmas tree. Blitzen! Whoa, 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 whoa! 
Hayden dies under the tree, scooping up the dog, covered in glitter and pines. He's all right, aren't you, buddy? Oh, thank you so much. Come to Mummy Blitzen. It's a good name. Adelaide pulls her shades back on and looks straight ahead. I think we've found our prince. End of part one. Next Chapter Podcasts.